welcome to Progressive Mindset Podcast. My name is Natalie Potts, personal development and business coach, and each week I'll be bringing you an inspiring personal message to help you unlock creating and living a life full of energy and happiness. Today I'm going to kick off with a quote by Robin Sharma, who said, everything is created twice, first in the mind, then in reality. And this leads me on to my podcast today, where I'm going to be speaking around mindfulness. So last year, I took a mindfulness coaching day, and it was all around how you become very mindful and use this in coaching with clients. So this stands um, for, CPD stands for Continuing Professional Development, and it's a term that's used to describe learning activities in professionals, and so really looking at personal development as well. But more than that, it's the professional development that is needed to progress within a business, to progress in your career, and to look at that you take learning as being conscious and proactive, opposed to passive and reactive. And it's really about developing and enhancing your abilities. And we know that when we do that, we naturally become more confident in what we're doing. So mindfulness is paying attention to something in a particular way. So on purpose, we are present in the moment and we are non-judgmental. And it is, again, just that state of being conscious or aware of something. And that's the actual term out there. That's what it means. But often you really need to think about what do words mean to you and what does it mean to you bring it to life in your world? It isn't about positive thinking. It's not about seeking happiness or religion or making things better or simply sitting in silence like a lot of people think it is. But it is about more than just being in that conscious awareness state. It's about accepting, paying attention, being patient, kind to yourself and being really curious about that mind and body connection. And I'm going to come on to that a little bit later because I think it's really powerful. And it starts like anything, it just starts with small steps. And it is about you making a choice to really look at how you are with yourself and your compassion to yourself and notice what you notice and how you feel about things. So what's great to know is that you're not your thoughts. And again, there's so many quotes out there that say this. So you should just watch your thoughts like they're a leaf in a stream or a cloud in the sky and watch them kind of drift by. And everyone's heard that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I'm here to say that you can. And without going too scientific, I'm going to talk a little bit about neuroplasticity. So If you haven't heard what this is, this is a change in neural pathways that occurs due to certain factors. So certain factors are our behaviours, our environment and our neural processes. So the the brain engages in sympathetic pruning, pruning, sorry, getting my words mixed up today, deleting the neural connections that we would no longer see as necessary or useful and then strengthening the ones that are. So when we look at this, it's about rewiring. And when I say that word rewire, you might suddenly link this to thinking habits. And it is possible that we can unlearn some things and relearn other ways of doing things. It's really hard, but by coming conscious of what we're doing and how we are and our being, we have the power to change things. I'll give you a really basic example. It's like brushing your teeth. 
It's like jumping on a bike, driving your car. When you get used to it or, you know, writing on a, you know, using a laptop, you don't even think about what you're doing. You just do it. Um, Another great example, actually, I heard this on a podcast this week was, have you ever driven somewhere and then you've just rocked up there and thought, I didn't even think about that journey that I took. I just did it. And sometimes I'll do it. I'll be driving along and think, my God, why did I go this way? It's the longest way I could have gone. So we just this is around a neuroplasticity side of things. So we just get used to certain habits and the ways of being. So we need to sometimes become conscious and change those. So they say that neurons that fire together, wire together. And obviously, likewise, neurons that no longer fire together, no longer wire together. So just a little reminder that mindfulness um, is not about judging. It's not about, uh, you know, it's about being patient and trusting and accepting and letting go. And that's, you know, key words here. Learning to let go of things can be really challenging. So be open-minded. And often we look at mindfulness and we instantly think, oh, meditation, or we might even think it's woo-woo, or I just don't get time for that. But there are so many benefits from being mindful. So Researchers have found that mindfulness can reprogram the brain to be more rational and less emotional. And I think this is absolutely key in such a turbulent world that we live in right now and change is constant. We feel that we, because a lot of people feel on the edge, we talk of a mental health pandemic hitting us at some point. Um, it's, it's challenging. And when we are faced to make a decision, um, they say that meditators show an increased activity in their posterior insula of the brain. So this is the neocortex part. And this is where all the rational decision making happens. And there's a great book out there, The um, Chimp Paradox by Steve Peters. And he talks a lot about the, the three areas of the brain as well. And that chimp being the irrational. So it is really important that we become conscious of which parts of our brain we're using. A little bit like sometimes when we're eating and you might think, you know, you've just eaten a whole chocolate bar or you've just eaten a whole bag of crisps or uh, chips, whatever, or a whole Ben and Jerry's. Like we've been there, we've done it, but we often probably haven't thought about what we're doing. We just consumed all of that food and then we got to the end of it and thought, oh, wow, like I, I wasn't even aware I'd eaten a whole pot and then I suddenly have. So this allows us to then make decisions that are based on fact rather than emotion just by being mindful. And moving back to connecting the mind and the body. So this is about noticing your physical sensations and exploring the emotions that you have and kind of looking at how you are holding on to these, how you're attaching yourself to these thoughts and these emotions. And place attention on these at one moment in time. And notice this. Notice how you're feeling. Notice the sensations and start slowing it down. So going back to the benefits of mindfulness, there is a huge benefits. It is definitely showing that there is less stress in people. They have less depression and it's also linked to less anxiety. So therefore, what we have is a greater sense of well-being and satisfaction. And this is really important because overall, it just means that we actually become very self-aware. And this taps into an emotional intelligence side and understanding our emotions. Because then again, we can look to know what we like about them and don't like and decide what we need to do to change them. 
People who are more mindful often recover from bad moods quicker. There is definitely increased self-esteem and control and decision-making. And this is really important, especially like we just spoke about when changes of the essence and it's so consistent and shows up all the time in our worlds. We need to be good at making decisions. We need to have great judgment and we need to stand by those decisions and take responsibility for them. There is also then improved relationships and communication and sleep. And sleep is such a winner. I've spoken about it in several podcasts before. Um, I've, I've been from my own experience of having a really bad sleep. And I am really, really conscious of how important it is in my life. And I, almost, I don't like who I become when I don't have enough sleep. You know, I get really lethargic. I notice that it impacts my workouts. I, I'm very snappy. I'm not as patient. Um, I feel very flat. I've, I've noticed a huge difference with my energy levels and what I then choose to eat off of the fact that I just don't get enough sleep. So being mindful of that and the importance that it has in my life is really important. And I'm hoping that you can start to see these align to your world as well. So therefore, you find that actually if you have improved relationships, then it reduces conflict very much. And I think it's important, like anything, and I talk about steps all the time, it's about knowing that it's not a quick fix. This isn't overnight. You're not just going to suddenly go and do meditation one day and then suddenly you do it every single day. If it does, fantastic, great, but it, it isn't that quick. And I think that's part of it as well in letting go of the fact that it's not going to be that and enjoying it for what it is and enjoying going through a process or something. It is really crucial with that that you have a clear mind with no confusion because a confused mind doesn't make any decisions. So this is really the kind of way to approach it. And um, again, look at this in a, like we just said, about a proactive way. And how do I bring this into my world to make the changes I want to? So how do we practice mindfulness? There's lots of things you can do. You can actually enroll in a mindfulness course. There's so many out there. You can have a mindful journal. Consciously change activities in the day. So this is a great one. So something like brushing your teeth. Could you use a different hand and throw out all of that kind of wiring that you have in your brain that you know what you're just going to do about thinking about it? Notice the difference it has. Some things you can also do is, I know I've been on days, courses, and they've said swap your watch um, onto the other arm that you'd be used to. Um, obviously, right in the opposite hand. All these little things, you think, no, don't be silly. They will take us longer, or we will notice them, and we will see them as, I guess, maybe annoying. You know, I definitely know that when my, my watch was on the other arm, I was like, it's really annoying me. Um, but I'm more aware of it. And then over time... I would get used to that as well. I know I would. So we can also um, look at the breathing that we have in a day. Um, and I'm going to give a few practical steps on that in a bit as well. But walking, showering, integrating these into our worlds can really help us to be mindful. And a lot of people saying that, you know, jump in the shower and you have a lot of creative thoughts, you know, because you're in that moment in time and you're just listening to other things that are happening. Um, it might be running, it might be dancing, it might be yoga. It can be anywhere, any time of day. And it can be as short as two to three minutes as well a day. So in our day, we are, we know that we are 
absolutely compounded with critical things that have to happen. So being able to manage stress and our well-being is really key and will really help us in moving forward with whatever we are doing, whether it's our business or our personal development goals. So I'm going to invite you now to stop and take a moment to pause and really consider with what you've heard so far, how this could help you right now. How are you feeling and what do you want to feel? And I learned this with uh, meeting another coach and she was telling me all about projects she was doing around uh, called uh, a moment to pause. And the more she kept saying a moment to pause, moment to pause, it just stuck with me. And it is really key that you do consciously take that moment. I know sometimes an example that if I'm in a space where I'm working with a group of people and it's not probably going so well or you think there could be a bit of a conflict arising, um, I notice my state change and I notice the emotions and behaviour shift that I may have. And it's really important that it could be looking at things like my tone of voice might rise, I speak faster, I notice that I'm, I'm quite energetic in my body language and I can notice sometimes that it becomes quite it becomes kind of 10 times is the one most. So I think it's really important that, again, I recognise myself in those states and what I need to do when I'm in those is sometimes just saying, stop. And I just go like, I need to go for a walk. And I do, I literally will, especially if I'm at a desk, I might be, you know, just sitting there and thinking negative thoughts or thinking um, very a lot of self-doubt and I'll just think this isn't serving me. So I have to stop myself consciously and I have to switch up and change it and do something different. And that is that shift that we have. So take that idea of taking a moment to pause and consider how this could help you right now. And I think that you might even want to take that to a moment when you see your state not being how you want it to be is just doing that almost. And if you could even just write it down somewhere that you're going to see it every single day, write it in your diary, um, write it on, I don't know, if you put notes on your fridge, what is it that you need? Or could you put it in front of a laptop when you're working or uh, on your desk somewhere to make you more consciously aware? Because again, the better we get at bringing in things that serve us, the stronger we get in managing ourselves for the better. So how do we take practical steps? And I've kind of broken down here 10 things you can do to be more mindful. Because again, it's great to go, well, go and do breathing, go and do a walk, go and do dancing. But that, that doesn't help us actually implement or think, well, what does that look like for me? And what would practicality of that look like? So hopefully this can help a little bit in terms of breaking it down. Um, so mindful walking is about just going for a walk outside, paying attention to the sensation in your feet, and making contact with the ground. Letting go of any thoughts that you've got in that moment. Just be in that present state. Listen to the bird. Listen to the breeze. And actually, I do this more in shower, but this is going to sound really strange. But I'll listen to the water. And then what I notice is once I'm listening to the water, I'll hear another noise. And then when you're consciously aware of that, you'll hear another noise. So exactly the same when you're going for a walk, you'll hear the birds. Then you might find, actually, I can hear that road now. Actually, I hear more cars. Actually, I hear the wind blowing. You just become more aware. 
So this can be really vital in just being more mindful in every step that you take. Mindfulness apps, there is actually probably thousands out there. Uh, three of the best ones I know, um, and I've used all three are um couple of them are free um, a couple of them are you have to pay for so they are headspace which is amazing um calm and happy not perfect so these are some great mindfulness apps especially if you're thinking of sleep so i used i actually used headspace last night because i woke up at two in the morning i obviously wanted to go back to sleep and i just stuck on one that was five minutes long I think I was out of it by four minutes so they are really powerful they're that that soothing voice and they put you into that state um but it's they're great they are really good and again don't think that oh that's not for me just give it a go if it is they're not for you you've just given it a go and seen that that's absolutely fine but be open-minded Breathing colours. So this isn't something I'd heard about before until I started researching a little bit more around mindfulness. So it's about choosing two different colours. So one to breathe in on and one to breathe out of. So let's use an example. So blue often works well for an in-breath. For me, I quite like the colour green because for me, green is about health, vibrant, uh, happiness, energy. That's And yellow is a similar thing for me as well, but green more so around health. And this kind of matches with that cool feeling that you're you're feeling if you're thinking blue. That's why they've given that as an example. And red can work well for an out-breath because it matches that warm feeling of the air leaving your body. However you want to choose your colours and the reasons, that's great. But just close your eyes and imagine those colours. Box breathing. So you might have heard it called square breathing as well. And all it is is... Start by breathing in for four seconds, holding your breath for four seconds, and then breathing out for four seconds. And then you just repeat it four times. So it's really powerful. And I saw it again through somebody that I know who's a coach that works in um, coaching with children and education and how powerful it is for children to do this. So again, actually, this might not be that it's just mindfulness for you. It's how can you help others and in those relationships as well to, to look at what it could do for them. But that's a really powerful technique is, is again, being conscious of your state and your breathing and slowing things down. Gratitude lists. So could you write one or three things a day that you're really grateful for and see the shift in how you choose to see things in the world? Alternatively, you could write a letter to somebody just being really grateful for something that they've done. Or just share a text or a note or a call or leave a voicemail. Somebody just say, I really appreciate you. When you did this, it made me feel this. Um, And seeing the difference that you notice in your emotions by doing that. Write with your non-dominant hands. I've already touched on that a little bit, but visualize this, you know, really practice it. Yoga. So yoga can be great, again, to look at your breathing and to be in a moment. A pad and paper, so um, with a pen, uh, that might help. Why is this okay? So, again, we are so used to getting things done quickly. So, what we want to do is get to the next thing, get to the next thing. And you know, I, I know when I sit on my laptop, I can literally, I can, I don't really have to look. Uh, I can't, you know, copywriting. I just, I just get it done straight away. So, when we use a pad and a paper, we are more aware. We slow down. And this requires more energy from us. 
And actually what I love about this is when I was reading about it is that it actually sparks more creativity in us. And I definitely know that sometimes I can really struggle in feeling creative, especially when I've got so much, you know, working to list or I'm working to my Trello board or I'm working to ideas that I've planned for my day. And actually, I just want some time to be creative. So whether it's in a brain dump or just writing anything down, um, your ideas, just, just get in the habit of going back to using a pad and pen if you don't. Three minute breathing space. So this is slightly different. And this is what I learned on the mindfulness course. So I'm going to invite you to think of an image here and visualize something different. So it's called kind of a, a, it's like a, a narrow focus. So think at the top, that it's really wide. So cool of it. You can think of it like an hourglass. So at the start of this, you have got acknowledging and it is bringing yourself into the present moment deliberately. What is going on in this moment? Notice the sensations in your body, the emotions and the thoughts that you have, where you get stronger feelings more than others. And then you get to the, it's, it's obviously slightly more narrow now as a focus. And this is called gathering. Okay. And this is where you gently start to see full attention upon your breathing. You're experiencing that breathing in and breathing out, that flow. And you are helping become more aware of your state and your stillness. And then the bottom part of it starts to again uh, widen. And this is about expanding your awareness. So expanding your awareness around a breathing of your whole body and the space it takes up and the feeling that you get from breathing in and out. And once you um, move more to doing this in your day and seeing it happen, it allows you to really give space to your thoughts and your feelings associated with that. You start to look at where you have tension and tightness and you want that breathing to help you create a flow and just let go of any resistance that you have. And finally, kind of number 10, so risk through one to 10 actually their points, is meditation. So meditation isn't about becoming a different person or a new person or better than I was before. It's just simply about the awareness again and having a healthy sense of perspective. So you're not trying to turn off to any of your thoughts or your feelings, but you are observing them without any judgment. And there's a real difference there. You know, we're not about here to give ourselves a hard time. We are here, as I said at the start, to be kind and compassionate. And eventually, you'll start to understand these better. It's like learning anything, you know. When you've worked any muscle, you, you don't just get there overnight. It's consistent practice of meditation that will get you more comfortable about conducting this. So it's... Meditation is about a practice. It's not about being perfect. And sometimes your your focus will just wander, and that's life. That's okay. It's about the experience, and it's about being consistently aware of doing this and the difference it can make. And bring this into the journey, opposed to just that destination of where you want to be. So some of the basics of how you do it, so you can be sitting in a quiet place, you can go to meditation classes, um, they don't actually work for me, I find the distraction 
um, is the word I'm going to put there, to others around me so close when it's so quiet actually puts me off just being in the moment myself and my own thoughts. And I'm probably consciously then thinking, you know, I'm more aware of thinking, oh, they just moved. What was that sound? Um, so I quite like just being on my own in a quiet place, closing my eyes, calming the mind. And often, actually, I'll still just meditate going for a walk. It's, I find that absolutely really probably empowers me more. So cultivate awareness and compassion, and it's about training your mind to stop being distracted. So me doing that obviously is uh, is counteractive. So simply sit down and look at what works for you. The same as everything, we can know all these things. We can be told you need to X, Y, and Z, but sometimes we need to trust our own intuition and know what's right for us. And through this process, the mind becomes more comfortable of sitting still. You begin to integrate the qualities experienced. So you will enjoy the fact you feel calm. You enjoy the fact you feel compassion and you have more focus because actually it will start to impact the rest of your day. If you sit in here thinking, I'm not sure it would, maybe switch it up and think of the other perspective that it can probably really impact your day if you get up late and everything is a rush, rush, rush. The whole day is out the window for some people. So other people can be going through the same experience but be more consciously aware of themselves and say, it doesn't impact me, I've let it go. And that's where I think this is so powerful. So how to make sure you continue meditating you know, it can be 10 minutes a day, uh, seven days a week. And actually, the science behind that shows that that's more powerful than 70 minutes at one time in the week. So I'm sure as we know, lots of people try different things. So it's about a slow and steady pace and being regular with this. And what that also again does is it helps us get confident in the process. And when we get confident in something, we then find it easier to do, and it becomes less challenging or difficult. And it's really important, again, to just go back to the benefits it has for us and the positive effects. So when we meditate, you know, that state of being mindful, again, is about focus and decision making and seeing less about the fear and the stresses that we have going on in our worlds. There was a science study done by the John Hopkins University, which found that mindfulness meditation programs actually help ease psychological symptoms of depression anxiety and pain related stress so i do really want to emphasize that because i do feel it's really important that just doing two minutes of this day can really help to improve your sleep um, look at even sometimes the chronic pains that we can have um, and just looking at the roundness it has in in other areas of our life so those relationships we have they're being patient with ourselves and others and then when we have those states, it stimulates the brain to actually have more empathy. So showing up for meditation day after day is, I think, essential. Approach it with the slow and steady and know that it's not going to be an overnight, something that you can just do and then it's embedded. Become more aware of seeking the confidence in a process. And especially if it feels difficult, challenging, just keep going with it. So. That kind of rounds up mindfulness and different benefits, different techniques and ways we can bring them to life, practical steps. And I guess I want you to take away kind of maybe three points. So you're going to work out those points for yourself. But really think about what is my whole awareness? 
let that mind settle with those ideas, those thoughts that you have. And think about how will you approach this? How will you be more mindful? How will you see it impacting your life? Where do you need it the most? Are you finding that the environments at home can be very stressful? It might be that you want to incorporate it there. You get in from work one day, you find that actually you're in a routine because you thought about it more, that you're in that same state every single day and it impacts on the relationships you have. Or do you find that work can be quite stressful and maybe just going for a walk every lunch hour, whereas you would usually just sit at your desk and you don't leave for eight hours solid. Could that really help how you feel about work? So as ever... Uh, I want you guys to take away steps because that is really what is important and then actions with those and put a time frame to some of these. Thank you for listening. I do really appreciate it. If you haven't listened to the podcast from last week, I did again go on about kind of feeling stuck, which I've done a couple of times because I think lots of people are feeling it, but more around gaining momentum to get out of that and start to feel more motivated. So go check that out if that sounds like something that you're really needing right now or share it with somebody that you know it might help. I'll put the link in like I do of every episode to share that so it's quicker for you. But please connect with me on all of my social media. I'm at Natalie Potts Coaching everywhere apart from my Facebook group, um, which is Living a Vibrant Life. And I love to hear from you. So any questions you've got, uh, feedback, uh, constructive feedback as well, please let me know because this really helps me develop as well. And it's about helping one another and connecting with each other. So it's always great to connect with like-minded individuals. But as ever and always I say, let's go, let's take some actions and have a great day.